today I talk with Isis Brianna and we talked building a brand as a woman of faith. Is there such a thing as faith-based branding? We talked about personal branding, how to grow a community, not only an online profile but actual people that can be your people. We talked about how to find your purpose and what's the difference between purpose, calling and your gifts. She also shared how she struggles with ADHD and how she stays productive. And we talked about making space for faith in your career and business. So excited for you to listen to this episode. If there is anything that stands out for you, make sure that you share this with someone who can benefit from it as well. Let's get into it. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Shared Diversity Podcast. My name is Sina Port, brand communicator, content artist and author. And each week I introduce you to an amazing person, story or message to help you empower yourself in your career and life. On here you can find exclusive interviews with successful businesswomen where we discuss topics around business, branding and womanhood. And if you'd like to see the video version of this or any other episodes, go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn on Shared Diversity and myself at Port, so you can join giveaways and learn more about building a personal brand and career. Again, I thank you so much for coming on. Yes, I'm happy to be here. I found you on Instagram randomly. You have very good SEO on Instagram because <laughs> I saw you over at Faith-Based Biz Coach. Okay. That was something so new. I've never seen that before, that someone really looks at a business from a faith perspective. And that really drew me in. And then when you launched the second or opened the second slot for um, Brown Girl Biz World this year, um, I had to sneak in and I'm so excited. Good to have you. <laughs> <laughs> only, only good experiences until now. But we, we get into this a little bit later. I just wanted to uh, start and how I usually start is um, to give you 30 seconds to introduce yourself. So go ahead. Well, if you're listening, I'm Isis Brianna. I am a social media strategist, business coach, very faith-based. And I tie it all together just to make sure that black and brown women are able to win online and grow their business while keeping God first. And that's really just my mission. I want women to work in their happiness and their purpose and understand that you don't have to do everything for money. You can do what you feel called to do and still have a livable wage off of that. And so that's what I'm here for. That's my purpose. And how was a little bit, I, I think I would like to hear your story from your journey from figuring out your passion and then turning that passion into a business. So can you give yes. us kind of that story? Um, it's so funny because it's still a story. I feel like it's still be, being written. I figured out different passions along the way, but I always like to go back to college. I could go back before then, honestly, but college is the point where I had my biggest shift, I would think, because I was in school to be a pediatric surgeon. And I realized instead of well, a lot of things got me to realize this, but I realized instead of being a surgeon for kids, I wanted to teach kids. And so I went into education. And even during that time, I was very honestly upset with God because education, and I don't know how it is everywhere else, but definitely in America, I feel like it is undervalued um, as far as the teachers go and how we run the system. 
And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be broke forever, even though I'm very happy doing this. And I, and I had to kind of come to grips with that because that's what I truly believed. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I think teaching was the perfect position for me because it helped me see that one of my biggest passions was traveling. And before I never had time for that. I never had energy for that. I never even had money for that. And now I had a salary and I had spring breaks and winter breaks and fall breaks and all this time off during the school year that other corporate jobs and definitely a surgeon wouldn't have had. And so I began going to just different countries and cities whenever I got the chance. And from there, from that passion, I realized I also had a passion for like amateur photography is what I call it. Like I am not a photographer by any means, but there's just something about seeing the art of life through a lens. And so there's like things that I would notice that nobody else notices. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get a picture of that man or that little girl or just that one coconut that's rolling down the street. Um, and so I realized I really loved photography. And beyond that, I loved editing my photos because I feel like editing them with changing the colors and changing the grain and the saturation, it kind of showed other people I saw it, right? Like I would look at a picture, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel so warm and bubbly and happy. And I would edit my pictures in that way. And I actually started selling Lightroom presets. So that passion was the first thing I think that turned to I didn't even consider it a business at the time. I just considered it, oh, I'm just selling something online. Um, and if you don't know what Lightroom presets are, they're just basically photo filters that you can just apply to your pictures quickly. But if you have some good ones, people will pay for them. And so from there, um, a lot of people started asking me like, oh my God, you're selling a lot of these quickly. How are you doing this? And how did you get people to want to buy from you off Instagram? And all of these different things. How did you even create them? And so I made my first course online, which was not about business at all. It was how to create Lightroom presets. Um, because honestly, I was tired of creating them because <laughs> I wanted to do it just for my own happiness. And I was like, I want to teach other people how to create their own now. And just from there, more questions would stem and people ask, how do I create a course? And how did I market the course? And all of these different mm -hmm. things. And that led to me just teaching people. Again, I never looked at myself until now, very recently, as a business coach, mm -hmm. because, you know, people called me that before I called myself that. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, my business coach helped me with this, my business coach helped me with that, and now I'm doing this, I got this many clients, and I look, I would read their messages like, oh, I'm a business coach? I thought I was just a usually, girl. Usually it's the other way around. People just call themselves something and then they push it out there. I, I think, you know, yeah, no, I was like, I don't even know what name to just to put on myself. I just knew I was helping people. And I have this like tagline to the digital sales guru. And I didn't even give myself that. That was something that my boyfriend gave me. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's funny just to see things evolve. And now my finally accepted like okay you are a business coach <laughs> but there's a lot of things that got me to this journey did you ever feel like you had to kind of learn to call yourself these kind of things because it's it's when we talk about branding and when you, when we talk about putting ourselves out there there's this fine line between promoting yourself and talking about what you do and letting people know and then being yourself still and being okay without 
exposing too much of what you want to be or who you want others to see you as. So this kind of fine line between authenticity and just a name that is not really fitting to what you do. So did you ever have that kind of like talk with yourself where you were just like, oh, not sure. I will say I had many talks with myself. I think I had maybe even two months of like an identity crisis after people started calling me this. And my boyfriend can tell you, he would wake up and it'd be maybe two o'clock in the morning here. And I would be on my phone like, I don't know what I want my bio to say because I don't know and I don't know what I want my name to be and all these things that I was stressed over because people labeled me before I labeled myself and I wasn't even sure how to and I'm not kidding you girl I would be on my phone all day worried over a bio my Instagram bio and so you know I definitely think that I I struggled with that and having issues with that because I wasn't ready to name myself. It took some time to want to step in that because for a while, again, I didn't think of what I was doing with presets as a business. And then when I was starting to teach people in their business, I was just thinking I'm just being a helper. Like that's what it was. I'm just helping people. And then I was thinking, and then I saw these names pop up on Instagram. Like, Oh, am I a Instagram strategist? Am I like, what's the difference between a business strategist and a business coach? And I had to look up all these different things and, and figure all of this out. Mm. So yes, I I definitely struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to know a little bit more about how you incorporate your faith into business, because it's not something that you see a lot. I think that it's a it's a very niche niche. <laughs> and so I, I work full time and I am building my business and brand on the side. But, and I don't like to say side because it's not something that I feel like it's just like, like a hobby, but yes, um, in addition to. Exactly. And I feel more freedom in, in what I do myself. But even in the business and, in, in, and when, when I work with companies like Adidas, Faith is something that is still very looked at as something that is personal and shouldn't be brought to other people's attention. And specifically, it shouldn't be mixed with your work or your business. So what was kind of your journey of like really incorporating faith into your business? So again, when I first started, I was not calling myself a business coach, right? And when I realized that people were calling me that and I should probably step into that, I looked at other business coaches. Like I truly just went on Instagram and typed in business coach and went on all of their pages. And for a while, I kind of almost mirrored what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just didn't feel right. Like there were times where someone would ask, oh, how do you make this decision in your business? Or even just pricing options. And they would say something and I'm like, no, I just got that from prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. And a part of me didn't want to share that because it seems like, I was honestly afraid that if I told people some of my strategies just came from prayer, that they'd be like, okay, that's not tangible. I need to go find somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for a while, I just kept it to myself. Um, And I think I remember I was on, I do Instagram lives every Thursday and I was on one and somebody asked me something. I can't remember what it was, but my clear answer, I was like, you know what? I'm not just going to be marrying other people. Uh, I think, oh no, I think they asked me, how do I decide what's free and what should be paid? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I brought the morale in it too. And I was like, I mean, at the end of the day, why would you want to gyp someone else and kind of, you know, give them a free product that's not included with, with good stuff or good information. 
And, um, and I just talked about prayer and, you know, how to listen to God and figure out what's best for you and your business. And I realized that I got a good response from it. And it wasn't something that I had to kind of hide from. And, you know, I struggled, especially when I first started, I wouldn't say I was looking for a business coach, but I was looking just for someone to be a me, (laughs) like someone that I could go to for help that also was faith-based. And a lot of people I saw, I felt were kind of not genuine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I realized, I think it's, that's my space to step into and to just show up and be me and, and do it as well as I can. Yeah. And a lot of times that's how I make decisions as well, or even have ideas how I am creative is through prayer and asking. And specifically with these, with these decisions where there's either a yes or a no, or this way or that way, prayer is so important. What we have in Islam is um, istikhara prayer, where specifically when you are trying to make a decision, you do that specific prayer and you ask basically, if this is good for me, God, bring it to me with ease. If not, take it away. Because there's always going to be something better if if this is not going to work out. So I I don't know how to make decisions without praying. Like that's right. right. There's the strategic and numeric kind of like checklist when you make decisions, but then there's also the intention behind what you do. And if this is really something that in your heart you feel deeply connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can totally um, identify with that. I wanted to ask you, you did an IG uh, life. You do so many amazing IG lives. And I actually wanted to ask you, what is, was this the tool you use? Because it looks so beautiful. It's just like these slides and then your face and then you can jump. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I use Canva. I actually have an Instagram TV that shows you exactly how to do it. Oh. Uh, it's, yeah, it's under there too. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll check that out. <laughs> goodness for instagram guides i like those now because if you haven't seen the new instagram guides that lets you kind of categorize different posts and things like that and so i added it to my content creation posts nice okay it actually the instagram guides is so new i just found that out today on your story that it exists (laughs) (laughs) really good to know and i wanted to know you did one ig live about finding your purpose calling and gifts and i wanted you to talk a bit about How do you do that? And what is the difference between purpose, calling, and gift? So there's a, and I'll be honest, there's a few different ways to look at that. I have a good friend and we look at it, I wouldn't say totally different. Our purpose and calling are kind of like mixed up in how we look at it, but I'm going to tell you my perspective. Uh, And so honestly, for me, there's a few different ways. There's a strategic way and there's just a life way of going through life. So for me, I truly believe that our purpose, everyone has the same purpose. Everyone is purpose to, in my opinion, glorify their God. And, and you know, whatever you do, that means just spreading love and putting people first and, you know, being a help to your community. And if you're doing those things, that is glorifying him. And so when people say, I don't have a purpose, I just want them to realize you do. I, I truly believe we're all put on this earth for that. To, to help mm-hmm. each other and to spread love. And so for me, those calling and those gifts are like, in my opinion, where people get kind of a hiccup. Calling for me is where you are truly called to be in this moment, right? Like where you are placed, where you're supposed to shine your gifts 
right? And so gift and calling go hand in hand for me. And so gift, in my opinion, is, I wouldn't even say it's a talent. A lot of people, I think, get talents and gifts confused. Talent, I believe, is something that just comes just from being a human. Like, I can walk on my hands. That's a talent. But is that something that's helpful to others? Something yeah. that God put into me that makes others feel good or make their lives easier? No, not necessarily. Um, and so, you know, my gifts, I have a gift of faithfulness. Um, I have a strong faith. And when I share that, that actually brings others to God. I have a gift of encouragement. Um, I'm able to pick people up. And so for me, putting that into my calling, which is where I am now, I feel like, which can be easily a position, like a, a job position that you're in, because I truly feel called to help women elevate themselves, not only spiritually, but also in their lives and in their businesses so that they have that time and freedom to just enjoy the world and be that parent or that wife or that whoever they want to be with still earning money. And so I use my gifts in that calling space. Um, and there are, whew, there are different ways to figure this out. There really are. There are some people who are truly blessed to have known for a while, like, mm -hmm. this is what I do. This is my purpose. This is my calling. This is what I feel called to do. These are my gifts. And there are other people who kind of struggle. And a lot of times I truly believe that that comes through walking through life. Because mm -hmm. how can you ever know who you were called to help or where you should be or what puts you on fire, yeah. you know, if you don't just take steps to try all of these different things. I don't believe that we should ever fit ourselves in a box. And I feel like social media has done a good job of doing that with these titles and niching down and all of that stuff. But it takes time to do that. You can't just, that's like telling a high schooler right out of college, okay, what job do you want for the rest of your life? you know, that's, that will be a tough decision. And I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to finding your calling. Now there is, um, there are, you know, there's a lot of like gift tests that you can take. And I feel like they're actually really helpful, depending on the ones that you take. But even if you just Google, you know, find my spiritual gifts <laughs> test, there's a lot that would give you in their long as they should be to see and, and pull things out of you that you didn't know were there just to kind of identify, you know, what your gifts are. Yeah, and I found that so interesting that you look at calling for something that, is, that can also be temporary, that is like what you're called to do right now doesn't have to be what you have to be doing the rest of your life. And gifts uh, have to be directed at valuing or bringing value to others. I think that's such a big thing that we always forget is why do we have this to not only help ourselves but also others so I love that thank you so much for, for sharing and I wanted to talk a bit more about Instagram and uh, monetizing your brand but first I wanted to do a rapid fire question because I never did that before <laughs> and I this this week uh, in an Adidas event and it, it was really nice so okay. I'm going to ask you five very quick questions and you just Okay. <laughs> okay. So first question, what is the first thing you do in the morning? Mm. Gosh, it depends. It truly does. Some like, usually it's, I'll read a scripture and then sometimes it's my phone and I'm like, Oh girl, you know, you need to read a scripture. So it's either, or it's either I read a scripture or I check myself and tell myself that I need to read a scripture. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite content platform? Instagram for sure. 
what made you smile this week? Everything. I just love life. I, but I like, I purposely watch comedy on Netflix just to make me laugh, especially if I'm having like a full busy day. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Which, which Netflix show did you watch the last? Everything. Oh, last night we actually watched Kevin Hart. And so it was crazy, but it's so funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Who are the ancestors that inspire your work in life? I would say my great grandmother. She was like the bomb.com. Just from the stories I hear about her, like during the civil rights movements, she would rent buses and drive through complete cities, picking up people, getting them registered to vote. And then she would bring the men out of the community to literally stand around them in a line and protect them while they voted. She was just like cool, I think. So God bless her. Um, okay, and last question. What is your favorite inspirational quote? My favorite inspirational quote? It's actually a scripture, and it's Matthew 5 16 in the Bible. And it basically says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So basically, it means be a good person and show people who God is. So <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I have to do this more often. I love these questions. <laughs> Uh, your answers were so unexpected and so beautiful and I'm learning a lot from them as well um okay so Instagram you are you are amazing on Instagram one of the things that you posted and I could talk for days about what you post and how much it affects me for real so what you hear a lot from um influencers like Gary Vee is don't worry about the aesthetics of your Instagram or you know your Instagram is not an art gallery just push out content whatever but then <laughs> you meet creatives and you meet people that actually want to build a beautiful brand and yourself, when you go on Instagram, you, you are attracted by aesthetics, mm -hmm. right? If I go on a profile and everything is messy, I'm like, I don't okay. think I need more messiness in my life. I'd rather go where, somewhere where it's also pleasing for the eye. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the balance and what are other Instagram lies that people believe that are total nonsense? Okay. Um, I will say this, I want to point out, there are tons of people who do not have a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing platform. Um, and you, I think that do, does come down to, again, that prayer and deciding what's best for you. But we do have to realize that most people who don't have that platform, they got their attention in a different way. Like Gary Vee was shocking the world because he was dropping f-bombs every sentence and I was like who is this guy cursing at me every time I watch a video right okay. and that was that worked for him that's fine but everyone I believe does have to have that attention grabbing factor and I knew that I did not want my page to be what I call a YouTube page where they have like these cute little you know poses and little pointies and letters and all that that's not me <laughs> and so my way to kind of set my part self set myself apart from everyone else in the field of Instagram and business was for me to have my feed that spoke to me. And so, you know, different things work for different people, but I truly feel like everyone does need that kind of shock factor, that attention grabber of some sort. Um, and so, yes, you know, I do believe that that is a lie. I, I, most people do want to see beautiful feeds or something of the sort. No one wants to see anything absolutely crazy. Um, there's a lot of lies about Instagram that people believe. I think the biggest one that I'm seeing now is there's a lot of people who say that the first, 
what is it? The first 20 or 30 minutes after you post kind of dictate your engagement. Like mm -hmm. if you post and after 30 minutes, nobody's liking it or commenting, or if you're not commenting back or all that different stuff, then Instagram is not going to show the rest of your audience your post. I, that's just crazy. <laughs> that's not true whatsoever. The amount of audience who's going to see your post, they're going to see it regardless. Uh, yeah. There's been times where I will be out and forget to like comment back or even engage with people before I post it and it didn't make a difference at all. Okay. And Instagram has actually debunked this themselves. So there's a lot of lies out here. <laughs> so, so what are the things that people don't know about Instagram that they should know specifically for growing their audience? Gosh, I would say the biggest thing, I feel like people are becoming more aware, but I don't think people understand how important it is to have video marketing on your page. Most people make buying decisions or even following decisions based on a video. People want to see your face. They don't want to read a full book on your story when you write these super long tips and things like that. Video marketing is very important and establishing a video present presence builds trust, whether that be on Instagram Live. I like to use every part of Instagram, but you know, whether that be Instagram Live or Story or Reels or even just a video on your page, wherever it may be, that's going to be very, very pertinent to your business mm -hmm. and to your Instagram growth. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people need to think about how they themselves might make buying decisions, whether that comes from like a single post or um, a whole funny thing that you also said in Brown Girl Business World, and, I, and I'm tr I'm trying to not spoil the whole program because I feel so <laughs> excited to talk about it all the time. But you did one sales funnel um, uh, course in there, and for me, for a long time, sales funnels were these pages, like literally landing pages, with yes. a lot of text that I would never read and I would never <laughs> buy from those pages because I don't read that much uh, when I buy things. So I always, I buy when I buy something, I buy from a person that I see face to face or a podcast that I feel, you know, related to the, to the voice. So something about the person, um, but never just like texts, you know, sales, te salesy text. Um, so you said video content is very important. What are like other top Instagram brand building tips that you would have? Um, top brand building tips, I would say, is always build a community first before you worry about trying to sell people or even before growing a following. Growing a following is not equated to building a community. Those are two totally different things. You can build a community with 30 followers and you can have 500,000 followers in zero community. So I say always focus on building that community first. That's going to help you build your brand. Those are the people who are going to support you and love on you, to be honest. Um, so community in a way that like they will always come back to your Instagram lives. They will always comment. Or how do you know that you have a community? You'll know. Because they feel like friends, not truly. They tr and and I, my my tip. A lot of people say build community, and they don't really see what that means. Community is basically just having those friends, mm -hmm. having people who. And for you to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. A lot of people forget that piece. So instead of just when someone comments on your, let's say a post, and someone comments say, "Oh my gosh, this tip was so great," I don't just say, "Oh, thank you." 
you know, because if it's my, truly my friend, I want to know, oh, you know, what are you doing that this comment, that this caption really touched you? Like, oh my gosh, girl, are you finally starting your business? Are you like, what's going on in your life? I like to know, I like to connect. And that's how you build a community. You always think about how can you put your audience first, but also how can you just be friends with them? How can you not make it one-sided and all the time about you? That's amazing. I like that. Nice. Okay, so I have a question. Um, you always say you don't need 50k followers to build a brand and have also a successful business. Um, and I know that there are many um, of the listeners of this podcast that always come back and tell me, Sina, I know you want me to build a personal brand and I want to build one, but I don't want to be famous. I want to be an author and I want my work to be out there, but I don't want to be famous. Yes. I want people to see my work, but I don't want to be famous. <laughs> so... <laughs> Why do you say that you don't need, you know, whatever, 20, 50, 100K followers to mm -hmm. build a business and be successful? And, and how else can you make sure that you're monetizing the followers that you have? Yes. So I want to start by saying personal branding, of course, is not famous. There are people who have built a personal brand that I don't know. <laughs> Simple as that. Even in my previous trip, we, I just got back from, and I was being very COVID safe people, but I just got back from Puerto Rico with my friend. And uh, this guy comes up to us because we're like laughing with our, with our Raider and he's asking what we're laughing about. And long story short, we end up having a conversation with him and he's like, hey, follow me on Instagram. I'm sure. And so we go on his Instagram. He has like maybe 800 followers and he's verified. And we're like, oh, why are you verified? It turns out that he is like this top-notch artist, like a painter, and wow. and just that just goes to show, and he very, just from looking at his page, you could tell that he had a personal brand himself. He was very like witty, but also mm -hmm. super well-respected and all of that, and so not only is he living the life that he wants, because just from talking to him, he was able to take off six months then decide to go to Puerto Rico to just live out COVID in his words. Yeah. And, you know, and so a personal brand is not being famous. A personal brand means that you are giving people really the same feeling consistently. Like how are people feeling when they interact with you? What do they think about you consistently? You know, what is your work show for yourself? It's, it's kind of having something about you that is expected you know, and that can be scary. That can be feeling like you're stuck in a box at times, but it's not. You have, you truly have the, the opportunity to switch up your personal brand. I mean, many celebrities who we once thought were these great people have switched their personal brand and became weirdos, you know, and just, you know, <laughs> these scandals that people have. So it's a, you can, you can change it, but it's also something that's like to be expected. I like to think mm -hmm. of it kind of like, Disney, you know, those kid stars, they mm -hmm. have a personal brand. Again, I'm using a famous example, but I just want you to think about it. They have a personal brand and then they switch, they grow up and it's yeah. a totally different brand, you know, you know, and, but we now know each time what to expect from them. And then mm -hmm. that little shift, you know, things are like weird, but we know what to expect from them. Um, and so personal branding does not mean famous. Bro, what was the second part of your question? Oh, so how <laughs> do you monetize? How do you monetize? And I want to ask another thing. So how do you monetize the following that you have, even if it's smaller? Oh, I love this because I have, I know so many clients who 
have like the tiniest following literally who have like 50 followers and still sell a thousand dollar products um but again truthfully it just goes back to that community because it does not matter, even for my page, it doesn't matter if you have 30,000 followers, if zero people on there trust you or know you or believe in your product. Mm-hmm. But if you have 50 followers and 28 of them believe in you and trust you and know your product, that is what matters, right? Um, and so it all goes back to that community and still using a lot of people that I know they kind of feel like they need to wait. Like I'm going to wait until I grow my following before I start doing these strategies or putting out my best work because no one's looking at it right now. And for me, I, it's almost kind of disrespectful because how dare you say that 50 people or 100 people are, are no ones, nobody's looking at it. They're, that's 100 people. Imagine standing in a room of 100 people. So Would you be pitching your product the best you can then? Of yeah. course. And so it's the same way on social media. I have um, a friend of mine. She is a, oh gosh, I don't want to mess this up. Is either Vietnamese or Japanese coach and for like speaking. And her program is a six week program. And her, I think it's 2,500. Her following on Instagram is like around, I think 700 people. Mm-hmm. And she's booked out every time. And I think she accepts like 20 people for each six week process because the people on her page they came to her for a reason she branded herself beautifully they trust her they know her even with her quote-unquote small following she's still putting out her best work she's still building that community any questions they have she's still answering it she's still going on live talking to those two people that show up and giving her best work and that one person could be the person that changes your life when people say oh, i'm just gonna not do live so only have one person okay, and that one person might be the person who signs up for your $10,000 coaching, you know? So I would say just stop undervaluing the audience that you have. I love that. I saw a post from Lizzo the other day where she said, you know, she came a long way from just being in an empty bar with literally her, you know, some friends, like two friends and three drunken people, and she still (laughs) did the show, right? You always hear that, like, musicians have to you know, show up fully and do the show, even if the audience is small and the same in social media, I just feel that we kind of, we disconnect from the person. We kind of see just, we see handles and potential clients and we don't understand that like they are really watching and and they really want to know you. Um, So I I learned that a lot from you. I want to go a little bit more into a a community-based business. So specifically in terms of membership and really creating a community without feeling overwhelmed. So um, I, for instance, I tend to get distracted a lot when people send me messages. I like literally, I'm like answering them. I want to start a conversation. And then I look at my plan. I'm like, wow, I'm so behind with my tasks. <laughs> so how can you create a community-based business that it's authentic and you take time, but you don't feel overwhelmed with just that time that you take up for people? Yeah. I will say that used to be me. I used mm-hmm. to be that person who jumped for every message and I would look up and my entire day would be gone. And I had to realize if you want to continue to serve these people, you need to stop talking to them for a second. <laughs> And so um, I had to set boundaries and I have posted on my social media and even inside my group Brown Girl Biz World, I have posted before and I was actually going to post a reminder because I looked in today and I had so many messages 
on Saturday that I don't work Friday through Sunday and I don't work after 5 p.m. my time. And so, you know, I'll respond the next day or I'll get to it. Uh, but I just had to set those boundaries, let them be clear and let them be known, but also set them for myself. Like there are times where I truly want to re respond. Um, someone messaged me in the group just now and they were asking a question. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to answer this. But if I answer this, it's making it okay to message me on the weekend and that's not okay. And I have to, you know, follow my own rules. And so it's really just being disciplined within yourself because it can be easy to get overwhelmed. I have been there even the, the very first month, like the original month that I opened Brown Girl Biz World, I was like, nope, I'm closing it and refunding everybody. <laughs> like, you cannot do that. And I was like, no, I'm giving the money back. I'm just giving it back because I felt so overwhelmed and I did not, um, I didn't set boundaries for myself mm -hmm. and for, so I was posting content all day, every day. And I was doing random live calls all the time. And I was responding to every single message and so, and I thought at the time, I was like, well, I can't switch it up on them and tell them that we're only meeting on these days and these days now because they already paid. And I feel like that I would be, you know, kind of like taking their money or whatever it may be. Uh, and then, you know, I realized I have to give my per self permission to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I made a post. I was like, hey guys, we're only meeting twice a month live now. <laughs> these are my hours. And everybody was like, okay. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like we stress ourselves so much over <laughs> over what we think people are going how they're gonna react and it's probably not the case. Yeah, and I and I love the schedule actually. I feel very sad that I don't live in the US because <laughs> the oh, no. are always at like I don't know, like three in the morning my place. So I ever either have to switch my whole schedule that I really wake up for the morning prayer at five and I just stay up and hopefully the time change will, will work a little. Uh, but I also like that you post on certain days because then I know, okay, she posted Thursday, Friday is my day where I'm going to catch up, I'm going to do my notes. It also gives me structure rather than always going into the group and, and looking every time because it's, an, it's another place I want to learn from, but I also don't want to be only learning and not applying so yeah. it really helps um just the feedback from my side <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> and uh yeah i wanted to um ask you something so a lot of times on ig live you say guys i have add just you know help me <laughs> attention but i truly do yes and i want i want to say it gives me i really appreciate that you're being open about this so much because i don't know if i have add i've, I've never got tested but i get distracted a lot um mm -hmm. And like the smallest thing can just take me out. So I wanted to know your ideas and your tips for people who struggle to focus um, and, and kind of like how to be productive if you have a short attention span. Yes. Well, I want to say too, especially if you're listening and you feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I have ADD you might have it and so go get tested just just even to know like i am not on medicine i'm honestly kind of afraid to get on medicine i don't know why i know a lot of people who are uh but you know it's just not my cup of tea and so you know i definitely understand being what a lot of people think is quote-unquote absent-minded but so different ways that i focus i take tons of breaks tons of breaks. Um, I can't tell you the amount of breaks I take. Like I cannot work 
for some people, a short amount of work time is an hour. Like, oh, I can work for an hour, take a 20-minute break. An hour for me is a really long time. Mm-hmm. That is a really long time. And so I prefer not to work longer than about 20 minutes straight. And I will take like a five minute break mm-hmm. or even just a one minute break just to like doodle something. Sometimes I'll have like a notepad next to me and I'll start a doodle and I basically just finish it throughout. Like I'm like drawing grass and then on my next break, I'll draw a flower and then the next break, I'll draw a sun. And by the end of the day, I have like a full picture, but that helps me. <laughs> and I, I actually got, I was going to talk about this because I didn't realize how helpful it would be. I got a new a record player. Mm-hmm. and I have it sitting away from my desk to where when the record player stops, you have to stand up to, like, kind of flip it over, start the song over, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how helpful that was for me being a person with ADD because it's like I don't have to set a timer anymore. I love working with music, so, like, as soon as the it goes off, I have to stand up, stretch, mm-hmm. get some movements out, flip it, come back, and, like, that's, like, the perfect break for me, and that's, like, every... 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how long the record is. And so, you know, it's just finding those little different things that work for you. But I take massive breaks. Mm -hmm. I try to drink water all throughout the day because apparently staying hydrated helps with focus and all that different stuff. I personally knock out my biggest test. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Always, always. I cannot cannot think without water, to be honest. Yes, yes. Um, I knock out my biggest test first in the day because by the end of the day, my mind is like already super scattered, more scattered than this because like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm ready to go home. And oh, after I leave the office, I could probably go to the mall and do this. <laughs> and so I need, by the end of the day, I need to have those tests that can be like, you know, they're not major tests. And um, I also take these, uh, I don't have them on me right now. I take these little vitamins, they're called Nareva. And they're really just for like um, memory. They're just brain functioning vitamins. They're like, I have the chewy ones because I'm a kid and I love chewy. They're really good. So, you know, I do a lot of different things. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think those are really nice tips. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I also have... um, have the feeling sometimes when you work a lot in one aspect of your business, like you're doing a lot of content creation, a lot of writing, you don't want to lose the flow, but then yeah. you lose creativity or attention over time. And it's just, it's not productive either way. Um, so I, I really love these kind of uh, tips. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I have a last question. And the last question is actually um, what you would ask the audience um, that they could answer in the comments below. Hmm. Gosh, that is a good final question. I would ask the audience, um, what are you feeling called to do right now that you know you need to do and you're not doing it? And when you answer it, I want you to go do it. I want you to take the first step in starting it, whether that is taking a walk outside and planning what that's going to look like for you, or finally buying that website domain that you've been so scared to do, or you know, calling this a graphic designer, like, hey, I'm finally starting this Instagram and I need a logo. I want you to step into that. So again, what are you feeling called to do right now that you know you probably should have done a while ago? <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm not sure if you feel comfortable with it, but I, what you usually do in uh in your ig lives and before people join your group is say a bit 
like a little prayer. So I wanted to ask if you want to pray. Yes, for I will yeah. pray a prayer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lord, thank you so much for this time together. And I just pray over everyone under the sound of my voice right now, whether they're listening from two miles away or 2,000 miles away, Lord. I pray that you protect them and their families and their minds and businesses, Lord. I pray that they know that no matter what they go through in life, that you are always there to pick them up to support them. I pray that you give people the courage to lean on you because it's it's not easy whatsoever to put your trust in things that you cannot see, Lord, but we know that you're there. And I pray that you show them in every little piece of their life that you hear them, that you see them, that you're walking alongside them, Lord. I pray that you bring ease to those lives of those who listen to you that are working in their calling, that are, are walking towards what you want them to work in, Lord. I pray that you just cover them with love and sanity and mental health and peace through everything that's going on in the world right now. And I pray that whoever's listening right now either has a community of people that can support them and love on them and lift them up or finds it, Lord soon lord because the community is something that is so amazing so needed lord and i pray that no matter what we find community in you and through you amen amen thank you oh that's beautiful <laughs> i have so much energy now thank you i am um mashallah uh, god bless mm -hmm. you have such a beautiful energy and i can feel your intention intention in everything that you're doing and I'm just so happy that we were able to connect. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are the same. Just the sweetest soul. And I, just so you know, I turn down podcasts all the time. And not to be like that person, like, oh, I get to turn them down. But I, do, I, I turn them down all the time. Unless I feel like, you know, size doesn't matter to me. Audience size doesn't matter to me. It's the message behind it and, and, and what you're doing. And so I love it. And I'm here to support anytime. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sinaport.com to get access to free resources and programs to build a brand that's true to who you are. And I'll see you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.